printed out a model of Robert Pattinson to where, fit the bat suit. Where is that model? And why do I not have it? <laughs> we we need to find this 3D model, Elizabeth. <laughs> Isn't that insane? <laughs> Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Spencer Williams and Vengeance. Hello, Elizabeth. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I am Vengeance. <laughs> What's going on? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I got new season of All the Creatures Great and Small this week. New season of Outlander. More episodes of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and the freaking Batman movie. So I am great. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You're it's a big a... week for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I also had a big week this week. Um, yes, been... you did. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. It's been very busy. Two things. Um, one, I don't think I really talked about it on the podcast, but um, I worked with Mandy Line on a commercial um, for the bold type. Yes. It's been about a year ago now, and it was nominated for a Costume Designers Guild Award. Um, so this week I went to the Costume Awards. That was lots of fun. Nice. We did not win, Mm-mm. but being in that room with everyone from the industry was really a blessing in itself. It was so fun. Met so many people. Hung out with real cool people. Louis Cicada, Maya's Rubio. I mean, I almost passed out. Um, Jerryanna San Juan, uh, Laura Montgomery, the list goes on and on. Yeah. It was insane. That is such a great event. It like really is. Yeah, it was awesome. And what else did you do this week, Spencer? <laughs> also, <laughs> I've been working with the Fitham Museum to finally open their next exhibition, The Art of Costume Design and Film. It opens Tuesday, March 15th, and we open from June 4th. I was a part of the exhibition committee. We have so many costumes and exhibit um, costumes from every Oscar-nominated film this year. Corella, Dune. Elizabeth, you have to see the Dune costumes. I know. Eternals, The Suicide Squad, Black Widow. It's all there. So I we went to the opening last night. Uh, Laura Montgomery and Whitney Adams went with me. And it was just so much fun. Amazing. Just, I've been a full costume design nerd <laughs> drive all week. And then this morning, because I was out partying all week i had to run to the theaters and see the batman so i just got home from the movie about 20 minutes ago yeah <laughs> so i'm real hyped up on two large cokes right now because that shit is so expensive and you know damn well i'm gonna fill that cup up multiple times <laughs> i learned my lesson oh my gosh when i when i went to go see it oh in case everybody's wondering yes we watched batman this week that's what today's episode is yeah. about I, I like I told you, I went like on a Thursday afternoon by myself and I was the only person at the concession stand. And I was like, because I hate how big the sodas are. Like, I really do. Who needs a soda that big? I don't nobody, understand it. Nobody. So I was like, am I allowed to order a kid's soda? <laughs> she was like, yeah, sure. I was like, give me that kid's soda. <laughs> oh, can you do that? I didn't even think about that. Apparently. Like, I always get the regular and it's like a milk gallon, you know? Like, yeah. it's so big. I'm like, who needs this? But I paid for it. So I usually refill the cup anyways. So if I seem a little 
<laughs> messed up today. That's I'm still drinking. Oh my! He, he literally has it right now on the podcast, <laughs> drinking his soda. <laughs> You're like my parents. They always refill the popcorn. Always. Oh, I, I can't refill the popcorn. I'll get sick. No, like right <laughs> right before we leave the theater. And then my dad eats it for like the rest of the week. <laughs> I, I don't mean, understand. I mean, you know, it <laughs> saves on groceries, I guess. <laughs> and the thing about the soda is I already feel like super hyper. And like, I know I definitely need water, but I just keep drinking it. <laughs> uh, you also, you know who else just keeps on doing something they know isn't good for them? Batman. Batman. <laughs> oh my gosh, everybody. This was a movie. And Spencer, I feel like you should just jump into the summary so we can really talk about it. Let's talk about it. So for the Batman 2022, as Batman tracks down a Riddler who is terrorizing Gotham City and killing off its prominent leaders, Bruce Wayne finds himself in a tailspin as his parents' reputations and legacy begin to unravel. And that is a Batman. Another good summary would be the Batman beats people up for three hours. And that's that's about it. Literally. <laughs> if you have not seen the Batman, stop. Go to the theaters. Right now. It is three hours of your life well spent. Well spent. Yes. Just don't like don't listen to this podcast yet. Go watch the movie. Go get in on your motorcycle or yes. your super hyped up Batmobile and <laughs> rush over to the theaters. Get to the theaters <laughs> while you do that. We're going to go behind the wardrobe. <laughs> this stunning noir wardrobe was brought to us by director Matt Reeves costume designer Jacqueline Duran again oh she's back quite the year quite the year uh you will know her from Pride and Prejudice Atonement Nanny McFever Turns Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy Anna Karenina Mr. Turner Beauty and the Beast Darkest Hour 1917 Little Women Cyrano and Spencer Yes. I love that she literally went from like Spencer to Cyrano to the Batman. Like three Bermuda Triangle of polar opposite films. I know. <laughs> and it's like I know she was not she was not the lead costume designer on Cyrano, but she did one of the characters' costumes. And that is like it looks like that character is in a lot of scenes. So I'm like Yeah, she's the How did you get all of this done? <laughs> she's the main actress of Cyrano. It's what a year. What a year. But also, for Batman, we didn't just have a costume designer. They had two suit designers, David Crossman and Glenn Dillon, who you will know their work from Rogue One and Solo. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, they had designers just for the suits. Now that's cool. That's how you know you're about to do a good film. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Three people had to work together to bring this wardrobe to life. And I cannot wait to get into it after our break. the bat signals in the sky you know what that means it means someone's out for vengeance 
<laughs> Let's talk about the Batman. Oh my gosh, this movie. This movie was insane. I wasn't expecting it to be this good. I was, I, I don't know. I've never seen a Batman movie that's ever disappointed me. It's just like, this is DC specialties, Batman movies. Honestly, they just kill it every single time going all the way back to like the Tim Burton movies and the Michael Keaton movies and uh, George Clooney, Christian Bell, like every single time it's good. And Robert Panson, I mean, he, he, he laid it, it down. Yeah. <laughs> that was the face of a killer Bella. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Or seriously harm, not kill. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't. I feel like he's taken some people out, though. Yeah, it definitely that, felt that, like there were a lot of <laughs> explosions. People were at least critically injured. Yeah, seriously, though. <laughs> Toward the end of the film, I was like, "Ooh, I don't think that guy's gonna get up from that one." <laughs> yeah, some of the beatings, I was like. Ooh, Batman. Yeah. Ooh. That felt like a spinal injury, Batman, but okay. Right? Right? Uh, This week, because it literally just came out, we're just kind of going to go character by character, starting with the Bat himself, Mr. Robert Pattinson, as Batman. Perfection. He did so good. So, so good. So, so good. And... One of the things I found really interesting about his casting is that he had to do a screen test to get the part. And Matt Reeves talked to EW about it. He said, part of the tradition is that when you're playing Batman at Warner Brothers, you don't just do an audition. You do a screen test and they need to see you in a bat suit. But they don't make you a bat suit because that's a very involved process. So what you do is you put on an old bat suit. <laughs> they put Robert Pattinson in Val Kilmer's <laughs> bat suit for his screen test because it was the closest one that would fit him. And I heard him talk about it in an interview and he was like, they were like pulling it on me because it was still too small for him. They were pulling it on him. He was like, it was hot. I was sweating. It was terrible, but... He apparently did a great screen test because he got the role. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so fun. I don't know. Just here's Val Kilmer's bat suit. Enjoy. <laughs> you know, like what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in that same interview with Entertainment Weekly, Arif said, you could see Rob transform immediately. The first thing that you do is you put it on and then you and then he came out and looked at himself in a mirror and just turned to me and said, it's quite transformative. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it better be. It's a freaking bat suit. Right. It's brilliant. So let's talk about Robert in his bat suit. I mean, I loved it. It was so cool. It felt so modern. It really did. And David Crossman, one of the suit designers, talked to CNN this is the most based in reality the Batsuit can be. We removed a lot of the fantasy elements. So they were really trying to create like something that someone could really put together themselves. Like, yes, Bruce Wayne has all the money in the world, but like he's still he's still doing all of this himself with Alfred a little bit. It's like it's not like he can just order custom armor. Him and 
Glenn Dillon really talked about how they kind of wanted it to look a little more thrown together than past bat suits. Right, because I mean this Bruce Wayne, like he's not I hate to like compare the universes, but he's not he's not like a Tony Stark, you know. We don't no. Iron Man suits aren't a real thing. And in this universe, this is a little bit more of a real take on the bat suit, you know? Yeah, he's much more I feel like reclusive Mm -hmm. than past Batmans. So like this whole, you know, take of him like putting this together himself makes a lot more sense. Right. What I found really interesting was the like construction and fitting process because at the time they were doing all the pre-production, he was filming Tenant still. Oh. So they really didn't have him all the time to do, you know, a lot of fittings. So Glenn Dillon told Esquire, we had 3D scans of his head and body. So we'd print out a big body and fit the costume. They like printed out a model of Robert Pattinson to (laughs) fit the bat suit. (laughs) Where is that model? And why do I not have it? (laughs) We we need to find this 3D model, Elizabeth. (laughs) Isn't that insane? I'm like, look at technology being used for good. I love that. How can I get a 3D model of my head? Can someone please answer this? Riddle me this. (laughs) I don't know, but let's figure it out. We can do this. (laughs) I know a lot of people that would like a 3D model of Robert Panson's head. Yeah, you do. You do know a lot of people. That's not even figurative. You know a lot of people. (laughs) But one great thing about having the model to do the fittings is they had a workable suit already when they finally could fit it on Robert Pattinson. Uh, Robert told Entertainment Weekly, it felt very different immediately it really flowed it was so well designed so articulated on all the joints it was kind of shocking so he could like really move in this suit it wasn't like stiff it wasn't like you know he couldn't do stunts he i was the rest of the article i was reading he was doing somersaults in it wow at the fitting and he, he was like, that kind of backfired because then they had him do actual somersaults in the movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were man. like, well, you can do it. <laughs> but they were really kind of insistent that it really actually work for fighting because a lot of the past ones, you know, they weren't actually practical. They just looked amazing. So they were really insistent that it looked practical. And it was great. They talked a lot. Um It's Christian Bale has given this advice twice now, apparently, to Robert Pattinson and um, Ben Affleck. He told both of them, like, oh, make sure you can, like, pee in your costume. (laughs) They were like, we finally made it so he could use the bathroom by himself. (laughs) So I'm like, that's, like, such a weird note, but it's like, oh. It makes sense. It makes sense. They were very insistent that, like, it actually be something he could get realistically in and out of and be very practical right it's just i mean even watching him move like you could tell that was a little bit more real like it they look like real movements because a lot of the batman from the past they have very kind of like robotic movements you could tell that they don't have a lot of flexibility in their arms but not with this one it's just you could tell like it was a lot more flexible and more realistic and i believe it when they say he could move around and do somersaults in it you you could tell that from observing the costume 
in this dark, dark movie. You could still yes. see the costume doing its job. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you see that sign that one theater put up that they're like, we're not issuing refunds for the film being too dark? <laughs> the studio told us it was a dark movie. Get over it. <laughs> come on, people. Let's get come Let's on. Get it together. Yeah. <laughs> but their need to like have this really be practical and realistic went so far to even the makeup he wears underneath it. Glenn Dillon, when he was talking to Esquire, he said, I did a concept of him with black eye makeup, the panda eyes. It was just about making everything real. I think in one of the previous films, they take the mask off and there's no eye makeup there. It was a great emo look for him to have. Yeah, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start covering my eyes in black <laughs> makeup every day. <laughs> We'll just get you two of those those big eye eyeshadow palettes. You just put your fingers in, slide them over. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously though, like every time he took off his mask, with even with the hair, the makeup, I was like, oh, so man. messy. Robert Pattinson, it, come on, man. <laughs> this theater, I was like, is it hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's he. Like I was like, I love the detail they went to because I. As soon as I read that quote, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's so right. Christian Bale takes his his mask off. There's no makeup underneath it. And it's like there's no way he can have, like, the blacked out eyes without there being any makeup underneath it. Right. But even down to thinking about the mask being homemade, I didn't notice this when I was watching it. But you go back and look at the pictures and it looks hand sewn together. In the interview with Esquire, Glenn Dillon talked about the mask and the Batman cow he said, on previous cinema iterations, they bring the cow a lot further forward. But I really didn't want to do that with Robert because he's got such a great jawline, mm -hmm. which is much more like the comic book Batman. He's got the perfect face for it. I was looking at Venetian masks and the ones worn at parties, and I liked the idea of it being very skull-like. If you look at the neck piece, there's vert. There's cervical vertebrae. I want it to have a Grim Reaper feel. I love that. And it's like, that's so true. Like, it looks very fitted to him. Again, very practical. And yeah, kind of scary. Right. I, I actually did notice this while I was watching a film. I was like, wow, it like just barely covers the nose, which I feel like is actually pretty different compared to past iterations. And you really did get to see like, robert's jawline coming through a little bit so he still was like very handsome and put together but the way it shaped him it also looked very scary too because you could tell oh, yeah this is the face of a seriously harmer not killer <laughs> <laughs> no that jaw his jawline in this film wow chef's kiss I mean, come on <laughs> the self-confidence issues were raging in that theater as the saying her my my Aww. barrel of coke i was like man i wish i was the batman <laughs> spencer you're a very handsome gentleman oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, not quite as practical or together is messy bruce wayne <laughs> What a Never man. seen such a messy Bruce Wayne. I know. It's like the emo hot topic version of Bruce Wayne, you know? <laughs> like he's had it rough. He's he's not like some big billionaire who's going to fancy parties all the time. He's just like 
a sad dark kid who wants to go home and listen to some heavy metal music and, <laughs> and his police scanner. Yeah. <laughs> I love no. I loved it actually. I thought it was cool. He was given all the fashion moments too. It was great. And I love it because Alfred's like, yo, you gotta watch your fortune or you're gonna lose it. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And it's care. like you clearly don't care because you dress like a mess, <laughs> except <laughs> for when he goes to the funeral of Gotham's mayor, I'm like, this is clearly the only nice piece of clothes you have right. is that suit and jacket. Oh my gosh, that jacket coat. Oh, it was so good. He he really cleaned up real quick and he just looks so good. He did. I also love like the reaction of all the reporters. They're like, oh, hey, it's Bruce Wayne. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that whole funeral scene was so great, actually. There was so many costumes in that scene. It was almost... I imagine probably very exhausting to put that yeah. shoot together. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, ooh, this is a lot of people. You know, the costume I actually thought was really interesting was the one where he was out in public just walking around in the rain, like wearing essentially like yes. a jacket with a hoodie and like a little bandana covering his face. Like it's just like casual Bruce Wayne trying to go out for some coffee and fight some crime, you know. Stalk some people real casual. Right. <laughs> so good. I just I liked it. They like they weren't afraid to make the Batman messy, you know? And that's like yeah. to me that is Batman. It's dark and it's messy and you can't trust anybody and it's very dark and you know, so He wasn't trying to pretend to be someone he's not, which a lot of the other ones do try to do that as Bruce Wayne. Exactly. Um somebody who was not messy. <sighs> Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Oh, Ooh. man. I, I don't feel well. <laughs> she looked good in the Catwoman suit. Oh, my gosh. So good. I just, I don't even have words. There wasn't a moment in this film that she did not look perfect. Honestly. The motorcycle suit, which is, like, basically her Catwoman suit. The, like, burglar mask that, like low-key looks like a little like cat ears but isn't really right i Perfect. loved that that was so cool because it is homemade because this is set in a real universe you know these are mm -hmm. just like supposed to be real everyday people there's no thors or tony starks and the fact that she like cut up this mask and it just kind of had like these two little points from the seams on them that look like low-key cat ears genius costuming right there that's just it says everything about the character with like two little pokes and a beanie yeah you know? <laughs> like, like it's like they're they're noticeable but like you could easily like glance right over them right and then zoe kravitz was quoted in entertainment weekly talking about the suit she said we designed this motorcycle suit to kind of start the foundation of what will eventually be the cat suit so that was an interesting process of finding out okay, how can we get hints of what will eventually be the cat suit and who she will become? But right now, trying to make it feel as practical as possible. They nailed it. Yeah, absolutely nailed it. Just so good. I, I'm i trying to think what she means by evolving into the cat suit because I just felt like that motorcycle suit the entire time, like that was the cat suit. I feel like eventually she's probably going to join up with Bruce Wayne 
Oh, so you think and that Batman. there's more Zoe Kravitz in my future is what you're saying? I think there is more <laughs> Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman in your future, Spencer. Uh, my ultimate celebrity crush is Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> so I just don't even feel like I should be allowed to talk about this segment, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the amazing looks did not stop with her motorcycle catwoman suit oh no not the club looks. her club looks Ugh. i'm like i need this in my wardrobe i don't go clubbing really at all <laughs> but i want all these pieces just in case i do go clubbing oh gosh right her clothes on point very like sexy club a little on the edge but then also i felt like very like modern in that like kind of 90s throwback way right and then her wigs, oh my gosh. Yeah, the wigs are perfect. It was like the ultimate pop of color. Um, yeah, it's just so vibrant, which was like not her. So like you could tell like she's in disguise a little bit. But like that dark red and that coral wig on her, I was like, shut up. This is Oh my gosh. This is the so coral good. the coral pink wig when she goes to talk to Falcone and like pretending to be just like so distraught I was like girl you're like pulling out all the like I'm daddy's little girl pieces in your wardrobe (laughs) I'm so weak um and like that one look with the red wig and the like black like leathery latex suit she was wearing I was like oh gosh like this is just so good I just yeah I can't even talk about it it was just so good (laughs) It was so good. <laughs> She's, she just looks amazing. And I will say she did a great job at being Catwoman. Um, she did. She, I mean, she's up there with Michelle Pfeiffer for me, honestly. So actually, I mean, there's never really been a Catwoman that I haven't liked either. Like, as you know, even um, yeah. Anne Hathaway did a great Catwoman she, too. Yeah, so she, did, she didn't get enough time as Catwoman. I feel like she could have done a lot more. She just didn't, wasn't given that opportunity. Um yeah, no, this was an amazing. I w- I wasn't prepared for her to also be like as big a part of the movie as she was. Like she's really involved. Yeah, and I with liked it. Everything he does and it's amazing. <laughs> that first time you see her where she like walks in bringing a drink to like Penguin and like Yeah. <laughs> and the Batman stops and looks at her and she looks at him and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like ooh, yes and i was like he could not have done what he did without her help no she saved his life at the end yes oh Oh, gosh let's uh, take these pictures off the screen i can't even look at her anymore (laughs) well another distinguished character and gentleman we have andy circus as alfred yes he the icon the legend we love andy circus on this (laughs) podcast love andy circus he's amazing he was born to play this role he is the ultimate alfred he did great yes i'm sorry he's one of the best actors of his generation oh, like yeah. top five a hundred percent he is just he could do no wrong he can't and i loved how like he was equally very like distinguished and polished but also very gruff as alfred 
Right. He they really got rid of like the butler idea of Alfred. This is like a businessman who's also like taking care of this man child who goes yeah. out and just smashes up and crying all night long. <laughs> like Alfred's clearly tired, but he's doing this for like the legacy and the family. So like his sleeves are rolled up and they're you know, it's a little bit more messier. He's not like a put together butler and I love that. It was great. It was definitely, he was like, he's more Bruce Wayne's manager right. <laughs> and personal assistant than butler. But also, I love how they embrace the fact that, like, Alfred is his dad. Right. Alfred is his dad. Alfred raised him. I know. Like. I wanted him to say it when he was in a hostel bed. I was like. Oh, and I hold him. I was like, call him daddy. Do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like a very Yondu and, like, Peter Quill yes. moment. I'm like, say it. <laughs> yes it was that was such a heartwarming relationship i just want to (laughs) say did you think it was funny though when andy circus's alfred just got like blown halfway the hell across this room and like literally his eyes barely open and batman's like hey (laughs) like (laughs) what happened to my parents what did you do you're a fucking liar (laughs) Your father legit just woke up from a coma. You don't need to be confronting him with the deep, dark, deep, dark family secrets quite yet. Alfred's like, hey, baby, what's going on? And the bat was like, hey. (laughs) I was literally laughing in the theater. I was like, dude, give him a second to wake up. Get him some water. (laughs) Uh, Another equally changed and evolved relationship was with Lieutenant James Gordon, played by Jeffrey Wright. Another perfect casting moment. Jeffrey Wright is just so good as James Gordon. So good. He is perfect. And, you know, I I like that they just went very simple with his wardrobe. Just like, this man is an officer of the law. He investigates crimes, suit, tie, navy jacket, let's go. Right. He's not like so focused on what he's wearing because this man clearly never sleeps i mean every five minutes he has to turn on the bat signal because some lunatic is like unleashed on the streets like his tie is barely tied up you know he's a little bit dirty he's just jumping crime scene to crime scene i mean who lives in gotham at this point it is just chaos on the street i mean the city literally flooded and they were like oh man get everyone to the stadium it's flooding again you know like (laughs) I also love how the city of Gotham had no emergency plan for this to happen. Right. I'm like, really? Really? You didn't. Your city has like this wall to keep the water back. Like you never thought someone might, you know, like blow it up or something. Yeah. I, <laughs> it was a shock. But yeah, Jeffrey Wright, he's, he's, he's such a great actor and he was born to play this role too. It's the casting for this film a plus so good a plus and i also like how they give everyone like an actual storyline because like again like with selena batman couldn't have done what he did without gordon Mm -hmm. like i feel like a lot of other batmans it's like oh it's all down to batman he's gotta he's gotta figure it out he's gotta fix it and it's like no he like sought out help yeah like they he's a very unpolished version of batman he's still figuring it out as he goes yeah and it sounds like he's only been doing this for two years depending on like what was happening so that's kind of cool to know yeah i liked it i also loved how we were just dropped in the middle of him being batman 
No freaking training sequence. We didn't have to see his parents be shot again. Right. We've all seen it. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> we love don't your need parents, to know. respect them, Batman, but I don't care about them anymore. <laughs> no, I was like, I do not need to see your parents be brutally murdered again. Thank you. Yeah. But I do like the how they do revisit it in a way, in a way that they kind of like built up a new story behind yeah. it. Yeah, that was like, a good I, choice. Like and making his mom an Arkham, right? Like making them another like oh, because I mean I don't read the comic books; I just watch the movies and stuff. So I was like, oh, I love that. It's like oh, these two prominent families, mm-hmm. and he's from both of them. So of course he feels like he has to protect, but. You know, not everybody in this movie was an amazing good guy. We're just right off the bat introduced to some very creepy clown gang. So this made me think that like, oh, is this like kind of a successor to the Joker movie? Because, you know, in that like people just started, you know, wearing clown makeup and like creating chaos on the streets. But... No, it's not. They just, there's a clown gang, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I thought of them more as uh, skeletons, actually. That's how I took them, but they were scary. I was, I was pretty nervous on that train scene. I was like, I would want to get off this train. (laughs) You know what I was prepared for, though? The one guy who has only half the makeup on. I was prepared for Batman to be like, what's your name? And for him to be like, Robin. <laughs> I Seriously, though, I thought that too. I was like, oh, <laughs> I literally thought the same thing, Elizabeth. You're not the only one. Like, I kept waiting for him to show back up and be like, hey, I want to help you, Batman. It was not until this very moment that I realized that we never returned to that story until you brought it up just now. Like I said, I just came back from the theaters. so I'm still processing this movie. <laughs> yeah like he i like i was so prepared for him to be like a part of this like not a big part but like a small part i was prepared for him to be robin as soon as i saw him hesitating (laughs) but that's probably a good thing because there were so many bad guys in this film right i mean look dc's doing what they need to do they need to just take it piece by piece you know they sometimes dc likes to shove it all into one box real quick like let's let's build this out a little bit we we could get there I know, but I do kind of love how they handled it because the main kind of like the main mobster of this movie, not the main bad guy, but the main mobster, we have Carmine Falcone played by John Turturro, but we have him being like dapper, like a dapper old grandpa almost. Yeah, I something about these mobsters recently, I was just, you know. We just did the Hawkeye too with Kingpin, like something about like a playing a mobster where you're just like come off as like almost like kind of like warm and approachable, mm-hmm. and that's like really how they costumed Falcone. He was like, oh, like he's like this dapper gentleman you want to hang out with, yeah, and like that's a part of the the horror of it. You're like, oh, like I could trust this guy, and you then can. five minutes later, you're listening to him strangle some girl over a phone recording. You know, like yeah. <laughs> Like, I love when he, he's in the, what, the Iceberg Lounge, and he's just got, like, his little, like, grandpa sweater on. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, he's just playing Hello, pool. Mr. Falcone. <laughs> Can I get you a hot tea? Like, <laughs> I want to talk about the penguin. That dude. Um, creepy. Creepy. And also, 
I didn't know till about half an hour ago that was Colin Farrell. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> the hat, like, doesn't look like the man. No, quite. I was shocked. <laughs> quite the quite the transformation there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved his portrayal of the penguin. I love, again, how they made it more realistic. Because the penguin that I'm thinking of is like Danny DeVito's penguin. That's just like actually looks like a penguin yeah and like we don't have people walking around that look like penguins so this to me felt like no. <laughs> very real but he stood have like a little bit of a sharper nose he works at the iceberg lounge he wore a lot of like blues and whites but also blacks so like it's that subtle work in a costume that really brings the character to life without having to like be too like i don't want to say on the nose but on the nose yeah <laughs> and i also love because he's like a like a lower level you know mobster guy like way underneath falcone and it's like i love that they made it like yeah he is not as important like his suit doesn't fit him quite right like it buttons like below like the waistband which it's like you clearly did not have this suit fitted correctly like er everything's just like a little off with him not nearly as polished as falcone which and i love that too the two different sides of like being a mobster right reflected in those two characters did you hear that already colin farrell has been booked to be in a spin-off television show called the penguin of course he has because <laughs> that was brilliant i didn't even know it was him i good for you sir yeah i love it i'm like okay bring on bring on the spin-off shows i need it let's work on this universe it's a good one let's really stay I here know. for a little bit it's good i'm like let's stay here i would peacemaker be in the same universe no probably not i don't think so i'm like i would love if they could you know bring in like aquaman and you know wonder woman because it's like you know aquaman only has one film out wonder woman only has two i'm like i feel like they could have like worked them all together eventually but then they already have a batman like that's a whole different universe over there yeah i i hope that they keep this the batman universe that we're looking at now keep it completely separate from all of that because that's when it breaks the realism to me yeah um because if wonder woman or aquaman was running around during this film like things would not have went the way they went you know so i think we should just keep them separate that's its own thing no <laughs> we'll hang out in this realistic dark world of gotham yeah yeah but i i hope they expand it a little bit because it was a fun ride but um super scary this movie was scary especially with paul dano as the riddler horrifying right oh man it was so scary, you know, like watching like these saw like traps that he was building. I was pretty nervous every yeah. time he had a scene. I was like, oh, God, like I was not ready every time. Like his his face is or his head is a it's saran wrapped, like creepy. Then he has the leather like mask with the clear glasses over top and then just like this shapeless like almost military wear oh my gosh horrifying right and the whole time i kept thinking i was like and if he's like this super villain why is he wearing his glasses like he must have been able to like come up with something better but then i'm thinking i'm like 
but like this is such a realistic universe like we we're talking about though like this guy just made this shit up at home like yeah. so of course he had to like put his glasses over it because like like i said he's not freaking iron man or all these other he's, characters he's just some guy at home who's just sick and coming up with these terrible like riddles and traps so like i love that he wore his glasses over it made so much sense it made so much sense it's, and it's like he's literally a forensic accountant that's why he's doing this because he followed the money and saw that like oh all of these funds are being misused got it it was so insane at first when like when this film was coming out i was like when i heard that was going to riddler i think back to like jim carrey's riddler with like the green skin tight spandex <laughs> suit you know with the cane and the pink hair so when I saw Paul Dano at first, I was like, oh, that's not the Riddler. But now I'm obsessed with the idea. Like, this is, Amazing. if the Riddler was a real person, this is what he would look like. You know, he or she, I don't know. But, like, you know, the Riddler, this is realistic. It's just some crazy guy at home. And it just made so much sense. And I just feel like Jacqueline Duran really killed it with this film. It's just really, really great. She really killed it. And I loved, she's like showing her range because like so so many of like the things she's worked on have been like these like really polished period pieces like Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, Anna Karina, Little Women, like super feminine, like super polished, very beautiful. And then I remember seeing something people being like, you got Jacqueline Duran <laughs> to do your costumes? <laughs> like, well, I did think that when we did Spencer for our season premiere, mm -hmm. I was like, I just couldn't see it. But yeah, she has the range. Jacqueline Duran could go to distance. She, she really did. And she was like, I'm just creating another world like I did with all of these other films. Like, it's no different. And she killed it. She really did. Um did you see that little cameo at the end there, though? I think I we have a Joker on the way. I think we do, too. I think we do, too. Especially especially with casting Barry Kogan. Like, you don't cast him for no reason. He's, right. like, an incredible actor. And he, like, just last year, having the Green Knight and Eternals, like... Yeah, he's having a moment right now, and... It it has not been confirmed that he is the Joker. Yeah. It doesn't even say it on IMDb. It just says unseen Arkham prisoner. Right. But like I saw that shadow and I saw that smile. They are setting up a Joker to come out. Yeah. And I think he he's a good choice, I have to say. I don't know if he's someone who I would have thought of to play the Joker, but it's a good idea. It is definitely a good idea because he he's like actor who does unhinged very well right. like <laughs> that's that's just that's what he does that's what he does is unhinged super super well and like mildly creepy so i think it's like a super excellent choice we started to talk about this before we start recording but you were saying that you kind of wish that um joaquin phoenix's joker maybe was connected to this yeah um i kind of do especially like i was saying in the beginning when i saw those now that you say they look like skeletons i can't unsee that but like the skeleton like clown gang um it really reminded me of the end of the joker movie where all those people put on the clown masks and you know start creating anarchy and i was like i could totally see this being you know 
20 years later, this is the Gotham that emerged from that moment. Right. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on it. I, I do like the idea, but to me, that Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, it really wasn't about like the Batman universe. It's more just about no. this really, you know, dark, sad tale, you know, and like the abuse of, you know, political power and looking down on people and all that. So I don't know. I just, to me, I feel like we should leave that film alone. I think that's a great standalone film. I agree. Because whatever's <laughs> about to happen in this next, the Batman film, it's going to be like actual like crime fighting. Like that Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> Joker is not about to be out in the streets, like, you know, creating mischief. He's just a guy who probably ended up in jail shortly after that to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I was just like, Oh, like I could, I could see that. Well, this was a fun one. A quick one, but like it was. it was good. It really packed its punches with the costumes. I know, I know. And that, like I, I love when we do like newer films, but I'm also like, ah, uh, only being able to see it in theaters, like I feel like we missed things. Right. <laughs> I know, but it was just so good. I wanna see this film over and over again. Like too bad it just came out because I need it to start streaming soon so I could watch it again. Uh I think next month. Oh. It's on, gonna be on HBO Max. Oh, that seems soon. Yeah, something um, a month or two, not very long. Oh, okay. Well, love that. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth, are you ready to play our favorite game? Oh, I am. <laughs> the one costume to rule them all. Spencer, what was your one costume to rule them all? Uh, this one's hard. <laughs> um, I want to say, God, this is hard. I want to say, I think I'm going to go with Zoe Kravitz cat burglar costume yes! because of the beanie. Because, I mean, it was just like so subtle. Like, People who would think and see her be like, oh, that's like, that's just a girl in a motorcycle jacket. But she's Catwoman all because of like the subtle details and like the part where she had like, it wasn't in a whip. It was like a chain or something, you know, but like just like the subtle things that made her Catwoman carrying a freaking cat. I don't know. Like all the things without like actually being like <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, I thought was just really genius. Yeah. I have to say, though, like the Batman suit, though, that they created is also like. I mean, I feel like it just those two costumes together just they carried the entire film. They I gotta agree. I, I put I put Zoe Kravitz Catwoman suit there as well. And but you're right. It's like her Catwoman suit, his Batman suit really carried carried this film. Yeah, it was so good. Oh man, I wanna go watch it again. Do you wanna go to the movies? <laughs> let's go let's let's go facetime it together <laughs> yeah, seriously let's be those people <laughs> oh, oh but spencer i think next week we need to we need to change it up a little bit we need to take a turn from the gritty streets of gotham into a more refined next week everybody we are watching the Gilded Age. <laughs> there could not be a more drastic <laughs> transition from the Batman to the Gilded Age. <laughs> I'm excited. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm super stoked. Um, so everybody, hop on HBO Max. Watch the Gilded Age. 
I can't wait. I haven't seen it yet, but everyone, it's actually been requested multiple times by you, the listeners, to watch this show. So don't disappoint us. I'm really excited. But I hear the <laughs> costumes are awesome. So. <laughs> so tune in next week. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. Uh, if you liked what you heard and could give us a little five-star text review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and if you really, really liked us, you could share us with a friend. That would be much appreciated. Right. Even if your review is just, I am vengeance, whatever you got to yeah. do, you know, that that helps us. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that helps us get us out there, get more exposure. <laughs> and helps us bring you more incredible episodes. Right. Thank you all for listening. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Stay away from the shadows. I am the shadows. <laughs>